Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm. And we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. You can find all of our programming at thetrumpet.com, at kpcg.fm, and uh, podcast form on iTunes and such. So thanks for uh, listening to our programming and this program, Live by Every Word. We have talked in past programs about how man does not have an immortal soul. And many people have grown up believing that and being taught that. And so to hear that man does not have an immortal soul can be quite a uh, surprise, but it is the truth of the Bible. And again, you can go back and listen to past episodes of Live By Every Word to learn more about that. And of course, uh, find a lot of information at thetrumpet.com and enroll in the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course that takes you through that particular doctrine as well as uh, many others in the Bible. And that's free at thetrumpet.com. Mankind is, of course, a nephesh. That's the Hebrew word, N-E-P-H-E-S-H. It means a living soul while we are alive, while we're breathing, and a dead soul after we stop breathing. And the Bible is clear on that. But then the question would be, well, then what is man? Are we just uh, an animal? Are we the highest form of animal? A lot of people think that's true as well. The evolutionary thought goes along those lines. But that's not true. Man is not an animal. We're similar in the sense that we're physical, and animals are physical. They live and they die. We live and we die. But there's a great difference between man and animals, as we shall see. And there's an incredible power that we've been created with, and we're going to talk about that power today. So what makes man different than the animals? Well, notice this. We have a few passages today. And if you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out. We could flip to these together and uh, read what God's Word says. Notice Genesis 1 and verse 21, talking about the creation. It says, And God created great whales and every living creature that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So we've all seen those animals, different types. (laughs) They are great whales, of course and uh, other animals that are really fascinating that God has created. And they're all made after their kind. We know that. You never worry about uh, what's going to come out of an animal when they give birth. You know, a cow doesn't give birth to a cat or a dog or something. If it did, it would be quite an adventure, right? You never know what was going to happen, but it's consistent. Animals are made after the animal kind, and they reproduce after their kind. Verse 24 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature. After his kind, cattle, creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And we see that. We see that pattern repeat and repeat and repeat. Animals create their own kind. Verse 25 says, And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. It was a good creation. And so here we see that animals were created after their kind. They are specifically animals. But there's something incredible now. There's an incredible difference 
when it comes to the creation of mankind. Notice this in Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. And God said, let us, so that's interesting right there. You can read a lot about that in Mystery of the Ages. Let us, who's God talking to? <laughs> let us, well, there's two God beings at that time. God and the Word, and you can learn a lot more about that in Mystery of the Ages. But God said, let us make man in what? In our image, after our likeness. So we're not made after the animal kind, we're made after the God kind. It says, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. There's a lot in these passages to consider. Again, the fact that there are two God beings at this time. Let us, plural, God and the Word, who became the Father, and the Word became Jesus Christ. You can learn more about that, again, in Mystery of the Ages and other uh, literature at thetrumpet.com. It's all free. So man's made after God's likeness, right? And we have dominion over the animals, and we're to treat them the right way and, of course, use them for their purposes. And God uh, set it that way. And also God created male and female. So it's pretty clear there that there is a very specific design for the way family should operate. There's a debate sometimes. I don't even know if it's debated anymore, but uh, really it's just pushed today that, well, family can be anything. It can be any grouping of any sort of individuals. Well, God said, look, I made a male and female. And of course, if you go on to read, he gave instruction about a husband and a wife. People can have opinions about that, but the word of God's very clear. But notice this quote here. This is from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. And again, you can get this course free at thetrumpet.com. And if you have not signed up for it, please do, because it takes you through your Bible, gets into all of these doctrines that are so vital, so important, so fundamental, and opens up, again, what the Bible says gives you the scriptures and the verses, and you can go through and write them down and really put it all together and see what God says. And that's, again, if we're striving to be Christian, that's what we're trying to do is see what the Word of God says and follow it. But the Course says, the Hebrew words in verses 26 and 27 reveal God's great plan and ultimate purpose for mankind. When God molded Adam of the dust, he was shaped in the likeness, we read that, and that means the outward form and shape. So if you go and you look at Revelation 1 and you see the picture there of the glorified Christ, and we see that he looks like man, right? We look like him more accurately. Now, obviously, he's glorified and very powerful, but we look like him. We're a clay mold. Hands, fingers, eyes, a mouth, two ears, a nose, hair, all of those things. Who looks like that? God does. And you can read other passages as well where it talks about God. That's the way God looks. We were shaped in his likeness, the outward form and shape of God himself. And God, it says, didn't form any of the other creatures to be clay replicas of himself. This unique form and shape was given to humans alone. That's a very special thing. We look like God. 
we look like God. Sometimes people will debate even something like that and say, oh, what, what is God or what does he look like and so forth. Well, we look like him. If you've seen a human being, you have a basic idea of what God looks like. Of course, God in a very glorified state. But we look like him. We're made to look like him. We are that clay model. But it goes further than that. The word image here refers to mind and character. We're made in the likeness, the outward form and shape of God. But then also we're made in his image. And that refers to mind and character. The Course says, God intended for man, to whom he gave a thinking, reasoning mind, to develop the very mind and character of God. That's, a, that's an amazing truth. It's an amazing truth. God intended for man, to whom he gave a thinking, reasoning mind, to develop the very mind and character of God. Now that's the goal that God has in store for mankind. That's the goal that he has for man, to think like him, to develop his character, ultimately to be born into the very family of God as a God being. But we have to develop this character today. So we have this mind that thinks and that reasons and and has to make decisions. The animals, they don't have that. You've observed it, no doubt. If you've seen animals, if you've had a pet or do have a pet, you know, they, they, they operate on instinct. They pretty much do the same things. They, they make limited choices. You know, do I go, if you have a dog, do they uh, go grab the ball or do they go grab the stick? <laughs> they have some sort, of, some sort of choice they make there, I guess. But it's so limited. They don't sit there and say, well, why? Why do I chase a ball? Why do I chase a stick? I think I might do something else. I'd like to learn a musical instrument. You never see that. You never see it happen. Because they don't have the mind for that type of a thing. Man is very different. There's a great power that God has given mankind within our thinking. Giving us the ability to think, reason, and make choices. And the ability to change. If something has happened, we've done something, and the results haven't been good, we have the power to change it. And to do something different. You know, one of the most researched topics probably is that of weight loss. And there's always stories popping up and research popping up where people are saying, okay, you know, how, how can somebody that weighs too much, how can they change to lose weight? And, and those can be quite motivating, actually, when you look at somebody that was in bad health, they made some changes, and then they, they're in much better health today. It, it is pretty encouraging. And that's just a, a physical example of a change being made. And of course, that begins in the mind. A person has to make a change there and say, well, I've been going a certain direction, doing certain things, and it's led me to a bad spot. I want to change that. And then a lot of times people can, they do that. You know, if they're disciplined and they they are wise, they can go and make some changes and really improve. And of course, it's, it's interesting because you can see the before and the after picture and it's really quite shocking in a lot of ways And, and, and motivating it can be. And so, Again, it's the power to change. It begins in the mind. And that's just one example. There's lots of things. You know, a per- person could say, look, I don't like the career I'm in. I want to do something different. I want to improve. And they dedicate themselves to studying something, and they really learn it, and they understand it, and then they, they take on another job, another, another life in a way, because they have this other occupation. 
animals don't do that. They don't think about those things. They don't have the ability or the power to do that. So we have the power to do that. You, you may have come out of a situation that had some drawbacks and wasn't good. You have the power to change that. It's an amazing power we have. The course continues and says, Each animal was created with a brain suited for its kind, for its animal kind, but animals do not have the potential of mind and character that God gave only to man. No animal was ever given the gift of mind power. The gift of mind power. What a gift that is. The gift of mind power. To think, to reason, to change. It's an amazing gift, and we need to think of it that way, and then work to develop it. Work to develop it. The quote continues, It is this very special attribute of mind and character that separates men from animals. Animals do not have reasoning, self-conscious minds. Animals follow instinctive habit patterns in their feeding, nesting, migration, reproduction. God has programmed, if you will, their brains, so to speak, with particular instinctive aptitudes. And thus beavers build dams. Birds build nests. These aptitudes are inherited. They are not the result of logical cognitive processes. There's no surprise when a beaver builds a dam. It would be surprising if a beaver climbed a tree and built a nest. (laughs) Right? That would be on the news. That would be a top story on the news. Local beaver climbs a tree and builds a bird's nest. It uh, doesn't happen. Beavers build dams. Birds build nests. Dogs usually dig holes and bury things. They just do it because God has programmed them to have certain patterns of behavior, and they fulfill those purposes. But man can make a choice. Maybe man wants to build a dam on a river, and he does, and he uses it for hydropower. Maybe man wants to build the treehouse, and he does. Man wants to fly above the trees. He learns how to build a plane and fly like a bird. It's all the mind power. Animals don't have that ability. God's given only humans this special ability, this special power of mind. Man is so different from the animals in the way that we can think and we have mind power. It's really amazing. And it's a gift. It's a gift that we want to use. The Course says each man may build a different house, eat many different foods, Live an entirely different way of life from other men. If a man wants to change his way of life, he can. That's amazing. If a person wants to change their way of life, they can. They can do it. And especially if a person is in a society that allows that. There are some societies over the centuries that have been very restrictive and people have not had the freedom to make some changes. In the United States at least uh, in, in most of our history, a person, if they had a mind to work and put forth effort, they could really improve themselves. How many stories do you know of where somebody started out with really nothing materially? They worked hard, they put their mind to it, and they ended up being quite successful, changing their station, changing their path. And conversely, unfortunately, sometimes the opposite happens. A person starts out having a fair bit and then they squander it. It can happen, too. The changes can go either direction. But you, as a person, you have the power to change, to think, to reason, 
And of course, if we begin to look at the Word of God and reason with God, then that really becomes something of value and of power. But even just on the human level, people can make decisions. They can make decisions and they can change and they can develop that mind. It's, it's amazing. We don't want to take that for granted. We're not animals. Yes, we live, we you know, breathe air and it oxidizes the blood and it circulates if our heart's beating, keeps us living. That's a temporary chemical existence. But the mind of man is something special. It's something special that God has given. And of course, that's the, the human spirit component. The Course says each man, again, may do these different things in life. Man is not subject to instinct. He is not governed by a set of predetermined habit patterns as animals are. See, that's so important because it's easy to sort of fall into that thinking and say, well, I've always been this way or I grew up this way. Or We can change. Doesn't mean it's always easy, but we can change. It's an amazing power, and we should Use it. Use it as much as we can. It says man can choose. He has free moral agency. He can devise codes of conduct and exercise self-discipline. So again, we don't have to follow some predetermined pattern. Your life is not a predetermined pattern. You can choose. Matter of fact, you're forced to choose. Now, if you make the same choices over and over again and don't change you know, when, when you should, well, then obviously that, that can lead into a bad direction. But we do have to really... Stop and just think and say, okay, now, is this the right direction or is it not? And if we're looking at God's word, well, now we've really got something because we've got truth. And we can look at it and we can say, all right, I'm going to strive to do this. And it's going to create amazing blessings in our life. God promises that. Notice notice this passage in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. God gave us the ability to think, to choose, and then he tells us we have to choose. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. He says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you. You can put your name there. I can put my name there. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. Choose life. Choose blessing. We're going to make a choice. We are going to make a choice. And so we really have to stop and think about what we're doing in life and be thankful for the opportunity to choose and then make the right choice. And God created us with a mind that allows us to make choices. And then God tells us, make a choice. Sometimes a person will say, well, I don't want to make a choice. But in so doing, they've made a choice, right? We can't escape (laughs) the reality that we have to choose. We have to choose. And if we make the wrong choice, well, hopefully we have time to correct that and move forward and make the right choices. Sometimes a person will make a wrong choice and they just sit there and they just stew over it for a long, long time. Well, you know, change. God says, look, if you made a wrong choice, repent, change, move forward, get busy making the right choices. Get busy making the right choices. We can correct those. We can go forward making the right choices. The power to change our habits, the power to make choices, it is an incredible power. It's an incredible power. And of course, it's also an incredible responsibility. It's a responsibility, and we have to make a choice. The correspondence course says, Man can originate ideas 
and evaluate material knowledge because he has a mind that is patterned after God's own mind. It's patterned after the mind of God. Of course, it's not perfect like God's mind is, but it's patterned that way. We can choose. We can invent some things. We can create some things within a limited scope. It says man can devise, plan, and bring his plans to fruition because he has been given some of the very creative powers of God. Some of those powers, limited, but still, it's a God-like mind. Animals don't have that. Remember Genesis 1 and verse 27. We read it earlier. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. In verse 31, Genesis 1 and verse 31, God considered all this that he had done, making animals after the animal kind, making man after the God kind. It says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It was very good. The way God made mankind, the way that he made our minds, it's very good. We need to use the power of our minds to learn to think and to act like God. Elevate our thinking. And of course, we need the help of God's Holy Spirit. And that's a, another topic to uh, talk about at another time. And there's, that has to come through uh, God's calling and then, then uh, repentance and faith and baptism and laying on of hands of God's true ministry. There's a whole process there. But God has given us these minds that can think and can reason, and he tells us to learn to think and to reason like him. It's an incredible power, something to be thankful for, and something to use, the ability to think, to choose, and to change. The mind of man is a marvelous creation. That's all the time we have for this program, this edition of Live by Every Word. If you'd like to learn more about today's topic, please sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's free, and it is at thetrumpet.com. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.